And now back to Rainbow Bright. Welcome to Brightcast. Thank you for downloading. I am Renee Stowe of RainbowBright.co. And I am Katie Carty Hiley of RainbowBright.net. Welcome to episode number 23 for June 2017. And we have a super special guest and super special topic to talk about today. <laughs> I know. Was this? I don't even think this topic was out during our last uh, podcast. It was not. But as soon as we heard about it, we had to make it our next episode. Absolutely. Why don't you tell everybody what we're going to be talking about? This episode, we're going to be talking about the Rainbow Bright video game being developed by ColecoVision. Yes, we are finally like a super real, like actual video game for Rainbow Bright. Wait a second. Did we get, you know, stuck in a time machine? Because ColecoVision is something I personally haven't heard about since the 80s. <laughs> well, maybe we can ask our guest real quick um, some of the time frame that that's happened for Coleco in the last few decades. Because today we have a guest host. Her name is Jana Stryker. She is ColecoVision's Senior Events Coordinator and Artist. So welcome to the podcast, first of all, Jana. Hi, Katie. Hi, Renee. Thank you so much for having me today. We are super psyched, super psyched to have you here. Just, I'm tripping over my words because I'm so excited. Um, but well, I'm excited said, too. <laughs> oh, good. But as Renee said, yeah, the Coleco was a, a big name, really big name back in the 80s. My brother and I had a ColecoVision game console back in the early 80s. Um, I know we had it as early as 1984 because I have picture proof of this, um, of him playing it actually from that year. We may have even gotten it the year before. I don't quite recall. But yeah, Coleco was a big deal back then around the Atari age. Um, so do you want to give us a short history of the company, Jaina, or what you know of it and what's been happening in the last few years for the company as a whole? As you just explained, you know, Coleco has been around for a long, long time. It started as a completely different company. As a matter of fact, you know, anyone can Google the history of Coleco and how it actually began and the name Coleco was developed. Coleco Toys actually developed the ColecoVision system. And the best part about it all was the fact that the first ever, you know, thing to be a how can I put it this way? It was very convenient for parents back then, aside from Atari, which we all know it was an explosion worldwide and it was very well known. Everybody wanted one. All of the you know best games were known to be in Atari. ColecoVision <clears throat> was the innovator with a lot of things such as Donkey Kong. I mean, all the licenses that Coleco had at the time to produce things that were somewhat extraordinary, you know, aside from your regular... 8-bit, you know, I would say Pong and things like that. It was just unbelievable. Then it was just a huge fad. Um, and you have to remember um, back then when you bought a ColecoVision, usually it would have come with a Cabbage Patch doll. 
So um, I'm not sure if you got one of those. <laughs> and maybe mm. that could have been the reason why um, your parents even bought that as a special, I you know. Because I had one. I did have a Cabbage Patch. And I don't remember where he came from. So it's very likely that it came with the Coleco. Well, there you go. There was this one thing. There's even an ad, you know, from the 80s where you have the little boy playing with his ColecoVision and then all of a sudden, you know, the little girl has the Cabbage Patch kit that she just pulls out. And the history of Coleco is just phenomenal as far as gaming goes. You know, literally the pioneers, um, you have to remember, it didn't start just as a ColecoVision. Um, first, it was, you know, Coleco and Atom System, which was one of the first most innovative um, technologies of the time. We, as a company, have not produced many video games since, you know, mid to late 80s, I would say. You have to just take a look at the big arcade machines that Coleco did produce as opposed to, you know, just a console-geared um, cartridge game. Um, mm -hmm. But the most popular that I can actually say to you would have been um, Donkey Kong is, like, to, to this day and age, one of the most popular ones that you can link to one of the first Coleco Productions. Um, I loved that game so much. It's <laughs> phenomenal. I mean, you know, uh, you, you you have to remember um, Donkey Kong itself, you know, is not a Coleco trademark or intellectual property, but it was licensed, you know, to become a video game. Um, we had the Cabbage Patch Kids video game then for ColecoVision. That it, one! I played that one so much, you have no idea. Her trying to jump over that pond with the, the swing <laughs> or the, the vine. Oh my god, that was so hard. But I loved that game. <laughs> I am sure. I mean, like, every 80s little girl, you know, when you're watching all of these boys play all of these video games and all of these different systems that were mostly built for boys, really, um, to entertain boys. And then you get, you know, a little thing here and there that actually will fit the description for a girl to actually interact and join in on the fun. Yep. Um, it was just amazing. Um, so that's a little bit of the background history. Um, it's out there. Anyone who, you know, wants to get deeper into the history, there are many many bits of info online um amazing fans out there that have comprised like entirely you know devoted to coleco and coleco toys and coleco vision websites so it's unbelievable um you know what, what i say is the record keeping of the history of coleco is mostly done by fans and you have to remember that today coleco is partially owned by fans as well so you know this is something that you just can't let it die yeah. and we're here to bring it back <laughs> that makes me so happy that's exactly what katie and i do with our fan sites and even with the podcast to bring to keep it talked about keep it alive and to inform people of what there was and what there will be <laughs> exactly Exactly. Oh, we will not disappoint you guys. Um, it definitely will be. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot wait. Okay. So how about this? I'm going to start in with my questions first, um, which is just going to kind of cover the history of this project, this Rainbow Bright video game that we're going to be talking about. And then Renee is going to hit you with some actual gameplay questions. And All then right. we've got some questions we have collected from fans that want answered. 
So we're going to alternate and ask you those. And then we'll see if there's anything else that we want to talk about here and there and everywhere. So um, my, first, my first question, um, am I correct that the last Coleco mini arcade games were released 34 years ago in 1983? Um, what we like to say is that is an estimated um, date, let's just say, you know, for years, because um, we, as far as, you know, um, through the years, as Coleco has changed, you know, from former ownership to, you know, the brand and the licensing, all of that, um, there were many projects that were still in, you know, building and development phase when all of it happened. And you have to remember that the big crash that happened was around 84, 85, where, you know, all video games, the only one that actually survived that was Atari, but not for long. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, even if there was something in the phase of development, it never really came to pass. Um, and what I can give you as far as information um, that I know for a fact, as far as mini arcades go, which, you know, this is somewhat what we're going to gear Rainbow Bright brand and game for at this point. Mm -hmm. um, in 2000, um, around the year 2000, um, Excalibur was a developer that actually brought something very similar to the Coleco Mini Arcades back. Um, and you can probably find them out there still. Very, very similar to the 80s models. A little bit more updated on the shell, you know, on oh. the outside. Um, <clears throat> but no affiliation, really, with Coleco at that time. Um, and ever since, you know, the, the, the idea, I guess, of bringing back the Coleco Mini Arcades um, has been in the making, but it's, it's, a, it's a big project. You have to remember, you, you need to remember of all, all the people that are out there expecting something like this to happen after 30-some years, you know, remembering back then when they got their first tabletop arcade and wondering, you know, is it possible to happen again or how how is it even done today with all the technology available why would you go back and develop something that to some would be archaic <laughs> you know and, and not interesting nostalgia, at all people nostalgia <laughs> exactly and that's what we thrive on as far as the thought you know so we we really spent a long time Casing the situation and, and asking a lot of the fans, you know, how would you like to see a mini arcade come back? And if you did, what would you like to see on that mini arcade? Would you like it to represent more of a modern gameplay scenario, more of an 8-bit, you know, retro scenario like we used to have? Um, and ever since, since, you know, basically a lot of research and market research for our own company and our fans so it's ma it's a matter of like you know how can we make coleco fans happy that's awesome and that kind of answers a little bit of my next couple of questions um because i had come across a couple of websites talking about ColecoVision, mentioning its intention to create new mini arcade games um as far back as august of 2014 so almost three years ago um, and then March of last year, it seems like that's when you officially got underway, um, like maybe announcement that you were going to be doing it and started getting feedback from the fans um, and gathering that knowledge base you needed to know the best way to go forward. Um, and it sounds like that was met with a lot of interest from the fans. Is that correct? 
That is correct. Um, fans were excited just to hear the idea. Um, but you also have to remember, you know, in order to develop a entire new, entirely new game, um, do we want to go with something that is an existing character and has to be licensed? Or do, do we want to start from point A and create something entirely new? Um, lots of that, you know, was, in, it was part of the discussion. Mm-hmm. So in order to find out what fans really, truly would like to see, there was a lot of time and a lot of hours put into just questions literally, you know, Q&As with fans and saying, hey, would you like to see an actual character coming back, a throwback just being relaunched, or would you like to see something entirely new from Coleco? Um, it was very mixed. Um, but I'll say this, you know, the, the, the throwback, you know, like, please revive my favorites was one of the number one things. And that's what we chose to do at this point as far as the most popular opinion. Cool. So before we get to the fact that you chose Rainbow Bright, which we are going to squee about about 20 times probably through this entire episode, I'm going to warn you. (laughs) Um, I want to confirm with you, is it true that you guys at Coleco contacted another company before Hallmark because you wanted to create a game for a different 80s kids property that Coleco had a history with and they refused? Um, let's see how I can say this in a way that does not compromise anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's just put it this way. Um, We actually were in talks with a couple of different companies. Um, Some that were, you know, formerly connected to Coleco and some that were never connected to Coleco at all in any capacity, you know, prior, even in the 80s. Um, I cannot give you many more details about it, but um, I think that they will be a little jealous when Rainbow Bright comes out. They, they'll, they'll be a little bitter. <laughs> yes, I am <laughs> <You> certain. <laughs> I think there will be a little bit of jealousy, like, why didn't we just say yes to licensing that? But yeah. um, then again, you know, it's not just a, you have to understand, you know, it's, it's a corporate situation. And it's whatever is most profitable for certain companies, you know, as far as their intellectual property goes. Um, Some of them were not interested at all because they just didn't want to branch out into the gaming uh, market, which is completely fine. And we just have to respect that and be happy that we actually have Rainbow Bright, which is amazing. And (laughs) I think every child in the 80s, whether you're a boy or girl, you will remember the theme song and you're going to have that little bit of nostalgia in your heart that's going to come on and be like, yeah, that's something I need to own. Absolutely. So how did you come to the decision to do Rainbow Bright after you had explored these other options and figured they were not going to work out? Um, Were you or others at Coleco Rainbow Bright fans and that was just something that was kind of at the top of your possibility list or like I'm just curious how she came up in discussion well there was a list there's always a list it always starts that way um what I like to say about Coleco is um there's always you know a table a round table full of nerds that likes to sit down and say what did we like most back then and that's how it starts because you need to remember. You need to remember that Coleco today is partially owned by a lot of the people that 
played ColecoVision, that had mini arcades, that had toys from Coleco back then. So That's we're so all cool. part of I know we're all part of that. Um, out of that list that was comprised, you know, um, it was not like, oh, okay, we went down the list and these people just didn't want to work with us. No, um, it was just a matter of thinking what hasn't been done yet that it was not mass produced and that you do not see any of today. Basically, if you look around, you will not find much of Rainbow Bright other than the fans that have kept the memory alive or have original 1980s, you know, gear and things that they treasure with their, you know, most prized possessions there. Mm -hmm. um, and that was something that was lacking quite a bit out of all of the other things that we looked at. Some of them are still available today for purchase. But then we went back to the ones that didn't. And Rainbow Bright was one of the winners because we have more coming up. That's within the same range that we thought about. Um, but that's basically how it went. Cool. That makes me so happy. I know. Because we've been spoiled the last couple of years uh, with Hallmark bringing us new dolls again. Uh, new little itty bitty toys and these, these fun little things and new children's books. Um, but... Ever since they started bringing us new merchandise, there's been this plea from the fans. We want a game. We want a game. I'm pretty sure Renee was probably the first one even to bring that up <laughs> on this podcast. When are we going to get a video game? So this is dream come true for, for many of us. Um, and I was also curious because you mentioned earlier how the video game industry has always been more directed toward males um that's just the way it's always kind of been like when they were stocking nintendo games in stores back in the 80s they put them on the boy aisles because they didn't really know what else to do with them so it just became a thing of, that boys did and sisters because i had a brother um if you were lucky enough to have a brother that was interested in video games you got to play too when they would let you so I was kind of curious if the uh, the decision to do Rainbow Bright first was a way to include females in this industry that is predominantly uh, or historically dominated by males. Well, um, I have to agree with you 100% as far as the history of, you know, females in gaming is concerned. Um, back in the day, you know, if you were a female and you were interested in playing video games and you didn't, you know, get lucky with your brothers leaving the room or leaving the house to do something else so yeah. you could sneak <laughs> in and get your gaming time, um, or if you went to school and anybody else out of your friends found out that you were a girl and you were playing video games, that would be an odd thought even. They would be like, what? You're a girl and you're at the arcade or you're you know playing video games that is so tomboyish that's so not feminine so you know that's a taboo that you you have to think about at this day and age today it's one of the best things that we no longer have to face as females so if you love games and if you had to be at some point somewhat ashamed you know of your gaming past but at this point you just look at it and you're like wow, I actually have the opportunity to live out my dreams as a female and have mm -hmm. something geared towards me and any other female that is interested in playing, whether a little girl or if you're a grown-up reminiscing. It's incredible. If you look at um, huge events such as Comic-Con, E3, um, all of the major releases um, this year, you know, as an example, 
um, they had females as their hosts for many of the E3 shows. And that's when may- many of the game releases come out. So wow. when you're looking at it, you, you, you're in a whole different world where, where the integration of females in gaming is no longer just something special. It's, it's not like, wow, people are wowed by the fact that somebody or a female is gaming with a bunch of... No, it is part of the industry now. As much as it is, you know, anywhere else. So um, I would say that our decision was technically to just um, make sure that all crowds would be pleased, whether male or female, Mm -hmm. um, to generate the interest of basically bringing back most of the things that we cherished most in the 80s. Um, But remember, there will be more coming out as far as mini arcades go or Coleco and ColecoVision. Um, whether people find it that it's geared for females or males alone, um, I would say it's, it depends on how you see it, but I would say it's for everyone and everyone should enjoy. Excellent. And there are many male Rainbow Bright fans. I just want to throw this out there because I don't want them to think, Katie, you're only talking about the (laughs) girls again. Like, no, I understand. I'm friends with many of them and they are rabid fans. So they're going to be just as excited about this as as I am. Um. And if I I can add something, I want to just tell all the male Rainbow Bright fans out there, we love you guys. We are very excited to develop something that's also going to please you and your taste. Um, we couldn't, we wouldn't want to have it any other way. We want everyone to enjoy these games and we couldn't be happier that there are male rainbow bright fans out there. So thank you for being there and supporting, um, you know, all of the projects that are coming up for Coleco as far as this goes. So we're very happy to have them. Woohoo! <laughs> Claps for the male rainbow bright fans. Yeah. Um, so I've just got a couple more things and then Renee, I'm going to let you have at her. Um, <laughs> So on May 12th, you guys announced that ColecoVision had secretly been working on a retro-style Rainbow Bright video game. Um, And it was based on the storyline of the beginning of Rainbow Land, the episode. And at the time, you were still trying to determine what the title of the game should be. And you asked for fan input. And a lot of us contributed some ideas. Um, And it looks like recently you settled on Journey to Rainbow Land as the title, which I think is great. Um, and looking back, it looks like that was suggested by Laura M. Roberts. So congrats to her for submitting the like winning submission. Um, just wanted to give her a shout out because I think that's a, a fantastic name. I wish I had thought of it. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's going to be completely appropriate for the storyline that the that the game is following. So, uh, so I just want to say yay for that. And also, was it difficult to actually settle on a title for this game? Um. It would be just as difficult as naming a child. So, you know, <laughs> I what imagine. I'd say is when you're trying to name a child, if you have children or if you don't have children and you want to name someone something significant, um, you know, you, you will think that through very, very hard. And you want to make sure that it will describe not only the game, but it will connect with the game. Um, as far as, you know, gameplay goes or also marketing, you know, when people listen and hear that, are they going to automatically connect the two? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we went back and forth for at least a couple of months, I would say, you know, trying to decide. Um, 
the funniest part is I think Journey to Rainbow Land at some point was thrown around before we even went to the public. And oh, funny. I know. And in in we just sat there, you know, with this list and we figured we're never going to be able to settle on it on a corporate level. So, how about this? Let's have the public decide. And that's exactly what happened. And the most votes, you know, is what won and we're happy and glad because it just literally, you know, um how can I say it just justified basically the fact that we were going in the right direction with our choices and when journey to rainbow land came up on our end um it, it, it would have been the right choice so this is just you know validating the fact that we were going the right way and the fans decided so fantastic can i, can I throw a little rainbow bright trivia at you yes okay when the uh, author of beginning of rainbow land how are our cohen was writing the episode that episode was originally supposed to be journey to the source that was the episode cool. number that it was given uh was the same episode number journey to the source and uh beginning of rainbow land so in a way it's almost again like it was meant to be the joining of the titles <laughs> Yes, because if you really think about it, um, trivia or no trivia, I can guarantee to you um, most of the people behind this, as far as naming the game would be concerned, um, didn't really think much about that, you know, that deep into this. Meaning, you know, some of the fans, even if if they were fans, but um, <clears throat> not historically accurate, <laughs> Um, or just, you know, remembered, you know, oh, yeah, I remember my sister used to love Rainbow Bright and we used to watch it every day here and there. And this is what I remember. So, you know, we had a lot of those opinions too come into, you know, um, our, our public Q&A and questions and trying to market research all of this. Um, but it's almost like, in a way, the the original step to the creation of Rainbow Bright was completed so you know if it turned into something else as an afterthought um the original journey and the beginning of rainbow land is right there so now we were able to complete that and hopefully the fans that are that deep into the trivia will be very very pleased that's what we're hoping oh yeah they definitely will be i wish howard arkham was still alive to see this come to fruition i know <laughs> would have loved that <laughs> We would have loved to, 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 to see that reaction as well. I'll tell you that yeah, much. Absolutely. So, okay. I just have one more question. Um, you guys, you guys can ask as many questions as you want. <laughs> well, this is just my first set. This is not the oh, end of the interview by any means. <laughs> okay. That's fine. We can then I get here. to stick Renee on you. Uh, okay. She's got the harder questions. Um, right. So the game was announced last month in May. Um, but I was just curious when you guys actually acquired the rights from Hallmark uh, to do this and began production on the game. Because up until this year, uh, Hallmark has been manufacturing all of their merchandise themselves uh, and licensing out to like Zazzle for some other merchandise like mugs and t-shirts and things like this. Um, but no other toy or, or 
anything else I can think of in the last few years has been licensed. It's all been manufactured and strictly controlled by Hallmark. So this is exciting that they're looking into licensing again with other companies. Um, and I was just, yeah, curious when that happened. Um, the, I, I can't give you an accurate date, but I can tell you right around when. Um, it was around February of this year. And that's when everything officially began. Um, the thought, you know, the talks were since the end of last year on this, but the official licensing happened in February. Fantastic. Okay, Renee, she's all yours. <laughs> all right. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> that laugh just scared me. <laughs> Goodness. I'm kidding, Renee. Uh, I am a big lover of video games. I collect consoles. Um, I don't have a ColecoVision, but I have an Intellivision. Um, yeah, Coleco's one I don't have. So a lot of my questions... It's time for you to get one, I guess. It is. You know, it, but you have, you have to have a, a, the vintage, the actual ColecoVision system. That would be, you know, one to complete the collection. And I think that that's an essential piece for everyone that loves video games. Yeah, I have a, uh, for example, I have an Intellivision, but I also have the re-release Intellivision that they came out with like a couple years ago for Christmas. That's, you know, that's a pretty, I hardly ever do we come across people that actually collect things like that. Um, We're just lucky to be, you know, on this side, we're all, so, so it's, it's, we're proud of, of our nerd status. I gotta tell you, <laughs> all of us, we're very proud of it. And we believe that, you know, the more the merrier. So whenever we can connect with anyone that says, Hey, you know, I used to own a ColecoVision and I have pictures of it. We say, post it, tweet it at us, or it didn't happen. And <laughs> we're, you know, we love seeing that stuff. So if anybody has those out there, please do us a favor, tweet it at us. We'll retweet you. And it's just the best thing to see that. Uh, we'll include social links to Coleco and everything in the show notes. So you can check out their Twitter, their Facebook and their website, as well as the uh, Coleco Expo, which is coming up in August. That's right. Okay, so now it's time for my part. Okay, so because the game is created in the same style as a vintage video game, is it going to be limited to 8-bit sound? Um, yes, for the most part. Um, the gameplay itself, all of the audio for the gameplay will be 8-bit. Um, I was speaking to um, one of our, you know, with the head developer today, um, and there might be a little surprise there, but I'm not allowed to really talk about it just yet. Ooh. So <laughs> I'm going to keep that, like, you know, as a little surprise factor. Well, is it 8-bit or 16-bit? Um, eight. Eight. 8 is, you know, yeah, that's the direction that we're going with the game itself. Um, you can even take a look at the little preview. I don't know if you guys had the chance just yet. Um. The there was a little preview going on. Yes. You know, but it, it's one of those things. Um, it's definitely geared to 8-bit. Um, and if I can give you anything more specific here. Um, here's what I got. 
Um, the sound itself is just going to be an 8-bit NES style sound. Mm-hmm. Um, the game itself, you know, clearly at this point, 8-bit. Um, if there are any changes whatsoever, um, those are technicalities that we will find out at the very last moment when we're ready to roll um, with the full product. Um, development phase is one of these things where you sit around and, you know, if something along the road is a bump, then I, I don't want to give you the full information without being completely accurate to a T. So at this point, everything is 8-bit geared, but there might be a little surprise. I fully understand. We all know about how rabid fans can be if they hear one thing and then find out something else. They're like, wait a minute, but you said you said this. <laughs> exactly. And they will literally hang you by your toes, you know. Um, and we, we don't want to be those people. We want to make sure that, you know, we're completely clear with people. And that's been the Coleco model. Like, you know, the entire way through it, we want to make sure you know exactly what's happening the way it is happening. And if there's something along the way that's changed, guess what? We're not going to keep it from you and just wait until you see in the end. And then you come back, hey, but you said this this um no we you know we want to make sure everyone is happy and all the information available right now you guys are like literally being the first to hear on a public level so this is pretty exclusive (laughs) yep it is (laughs) let me just say real quick um i don't know if you guys listen to any chiptunes bands yes you know what i'm even talking about i love chiptunes music i love it i love it so much because it's so reminiscent of my childhood because i loved the music when i was sitting there oh sorry (laughs) speaking of music um no i when i would sit there and play video games i would literally whistle along with it like i had all the tunes memorized i drove my brother insane because i would not stop whistling or humming or singing or whatever so I'm stupid excited to hear the music that's going to be in this. And we're just excited to see all the reactions, you know. I mean, that's the most important thing. Everybody's just looking forward to hearing the actual original theme. And we're just sitting here saying, you know, I can't give you all the information just yet. Because there may be a surprise here and there. You know, wh- whatever we can fit in there that is a novelty, that is different but it's still keeping that retro element, we will. So, awesome. Well, there goes question number two off my list. (laughs) Uh, Suki Levy and (laughs) Hyam Siobhan worked on the music for the original show and movie, and we were wondering if you were going to have any of that music available. Um, Well, I, I, I will say this. Um, the actual theme we have was provided to us by Hallmark. Um, I do have some information on that, but that's, you know, something on a little more technical side. Um, all other places will actually have original music. So basically the intro will be, you know, on the title screen as far as the theme song goes. Um, but that's the provided, you know, track by Hallmark. So you need to just, you know, keep that in mind. It may not be your old school original because um, at this point, I'm pretty sure not even Hallmark um, has that available. So that's a discussion we had to have with them. 
you know, um, is this theme song, the original, and they were very clear and very, you know, open with us. And they were like, no, but you are absolutely 100% free to use the one we will provide you with. And that's kind of how we're doing this. But all other places should have original music. And this is per developer. So this is accurate information. But there may be a surprise here and there. You never know. Sweet. <laughs> that's got me curious now. Oh. I know. <laughs> well, I know. Shuki Levy wrote a lot of music for Deke. And so they re recycled music between shows. So you had stuff from... Rainbow Bright that ended up on Heathcliff and maybe even Inspector Gadget. Um, and He-Man actually ended up in the beginning of Rainbow Land. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's one of, I, I, funny enough, one of my other favorite, you know, 80s things was He-Man and She-Ra. I mean, Me too. It, you know, so, and, and that's how you could be kind of like a warrior princess in a way without, you know, being too manly. And that's kind of how I felt then. But today I just don't care. You know, I, I, I love everything and we're so thankful the taboos were, you know, completely broken and destroyed. And today we're free to do all of that. Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, a lot of my game questions, I do reference Nintendo because that was my first game system. So I represent Nintendo games. So Right now, <laughs> the video appears to resemble an RPG style like The Legend of Zelda, where you walk to the side of the screen, then it slides and moves to the next screen. Um, or maybe even a little Final Fantasy-ish. Uh, but I was wondering if you're going to have more playable characters other than Rainbow, like Twink, Starlight, or the Color Kids. All right, so... um. This game, um, I cannot tell you the full story because clearly, you know, we want that to be a surprise element. Um, I know what the story is, um, and it is just the most captivating little thing. Um, I will say this. Um, Rainbow Bright is currently the only playable character. Um, but the goal really through the story, you know, as you go exploring, because it's an exploring type game, um, you will be able to come across Twink. You will be able to come across Starlight and all of the other, you know, famous big characters that we can remember. Um, obviously, not all characters will be involved. Um, I would say, you know, the main focus. Um, it's very hard to say that as far as Rainbow Bright goes because we know that Rainbow Bright has this insane amount of friend characters that if we had to make a video game based on every single color kit or, you know, Twink and... And, and every single, it, it's insane. The amount, if you were to count, there's like at least 10, 11, 12 main um, characters you can go off of. Um, I would say the focus is mostly um, the ones that you would first come in contact with. So um, Twink, obviously. Starlight, it's a must. Um, color kids, I'm pretty positive. I've heard this, so don't hold me to it, but I've heard from the developers that, um, color kids, you may, you may come across one or two around, you know, along the way. Um, if not all of them altogether, I'm not sure. Um, but what I know for sure, Twink and Starlight will be involved. And I mean, it wouldn't be Rainbow Bright without color kids, right? So we kind of got to. <laughs> You know, when I think about Rainbow Bright, yeah, all of them just come to mind. 
So that's what I know at this point. Well, that actually um, helps with the next question that I had, which was um, <laughs> side quests and mini games. My favorite part of RPGs are the side quests and mini games that you can play to help earn experience while you level up to harder levels. Um, and a side quest or mini involving like making color crystals or something with a specific kid or sprite, you know, I thought would be something fun. You know, maybe it could be something for like a later game or whatever. But are there any currently in development? With this one. Well, um, at this point, um, if you mean within the Rainbow Bright Mini Arcade, is that what you're really yes. asking? Yes. Okay. Um, at this point, within the mini arcade game, um, this is meant to be more of an exploring type game, you know, than what you're describing. Basically, um, a lot of side quests and mini challenges would require a lot more development, and um, it would kind of pull away from the mini arcade model. You, you, you know, if you base it on the original mini arcades, there was a game, there was an objective, and you had to go through the quest, and then you beat it, right? That's mostly how it used to be. Um, as, you know, the games developed, it became more of a side quest, you know, crafting and little challenges, or you got to you know, beat a boss before you get, um, yeah, you may find a boss here and there as a mini challenge, um, but really no, no side, you know, quests as far as, you know, you got to find this first and then you got to craft something, N nothing that elaborate. Um, it's really going to pull more towards the, um, former mini arcade model okay. and more simplified, in a way, but it's still going to have a lot of content. These are an estimated uh, gameplay length. Like, is it going to be something you can complete in one sitting or is it going to have safe spots? Um, at this point, absolutely. It is to be played in one sitting. Um, we would be estimating right now as it stands, you know, according to the plan we have for development, um, the phase we're at right now, it should be about 15 to 20 minute gameplay. Okay. So, you know, and I'm pretty sure we're, we're going to develop scores and things like that. But that's kind of where it's sitting right now. Okay. What is the age uh, bracket that it's aimed for? Is it aimed for adult players or more towards kid players? Um, definitely, you know, this is geared more toward a younger age bracket. Mm -hmm. um, due to the content, you know, <laughs> we want to make sure that children from three to, to 99 can play it. So, <laughs> you know, if we can make it, you know, family friendly, children friendly, and it, it, that's the goal, really. Any household would be able to purchase this without any restrictions or any fears that their children would be getting to something that perhaps the parents are not comfortable with just yet. Oh, so, oh I, I wasn't so, so much meaning like violence, more like, um, is it going oh, to no, be no, very no. simple <laughs> or how, how complicated is it? Um, I, again, you know, in, in all aspects, as we're going towards a younger age bracket, mm -hmm. it's mostly that the fact that it's related to a cartoon, which is more simplified and easier to understand for children. Okay. So, you know, 
being the story and the way it's been developed as a character and as a cartoon for so many, you know, episodes and years, at this point, the gameplay should be more simplified because we want the children that would have been captivated by an episode back then to be able to pick this up and give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Or even if they don't get to complete the full quest, to just be entertained by it. Okay. Um, last question, and it uh, may be a bit technical. I was curious, are the <laughs> new minis going to be using the same technology as they did in the 80s? Or are, are, we going to be, are they going to be limited by 80s technology? Or are they going to be using modern internal parts? Um, truly, you know, um, when you really look at it, the things that you could do in the 80s that required a lot more gear and a lot more hardware to build, even for an 8-bit game, you know, you have to remember back in the day, you needed an entire cartridge sometimes for a game that wouldn't today take more than the space of a, you know mini SD card on your phone. So mm -hmm. <laughs> when you really compare technology, um, it will look on the outside as if it were, if you were just looking at a regular 80s mini arcade from mm -hmm. Coleco. Um, it will feel the same way. It will play the same way. But technology-wise, as far as hardware goes, um, it, we, we sort of have to adapt to the times. Uh, many of the things are no longer available even. You know, and it would be just cost ineffective um on a production value to you know go back to something so similar to to the t you know um i would say you know it will feel just like 1980s again when you pick it up you know and the hardware should be just keeping up with the times and not disappointing because we want you to be able to play it over and over and over and over again and not have to blow into it to get the dust <laughs> off of it. <laughs> so you can continue. By the way, whoever came up with that idea, I'm telling you right now, do you understand how many cartridges we've ever destroyed in our entire childhood just doing that? You guys. <laughs> or, or you that rub was the, the contacts with alcohol or, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or bend them a little so you they know. can, you know, just get closer to the actual contact. Right. We've destroyed many cartridges without knowing what we were doing. So <laughs> we definitely will not put Coleco fans through that and Rainbow Bright fans through that. So I'm, I'm currently imagining a mini arcade game that looks like Rainbow Bright and wanting to make a full-size version. <laughs> Katie, your husband must do this. No. <laughs> oh, my God. He's been talking about building an arcade cabinet. If I can convince them to put the Rainbow Bright artwork on it, the better for me. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Coleco will make an entire, you know, full-size machine. We don't oh. know. We never know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Put me on the list. Just put me on the list right now. <laughs> I did play Qbert, the mini, uh, as, as a, a mini arcade when I was seven. Um, it was a friend of mine's, and I wanted to keep it, and I couldn't. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I loved the colors and the screen resolution and it looked so real. It wasn't like those pocket games that you could get because it actually lit up and uh, it 
excited. <laughs> oh yes, you you will not be disappointed. Um, I'm telling you right now, um, you know the development team is not completely made by by men. So you know, even if there was um, back in the day, if you were a little girl and you looked at Rainbow Bright, the connection was almost instant. You know, it was colors. It was just, you know, kindness and beauty and friends and everything a little girl would love. Um, I'm so glad for the, you know, male Rainbow Bright fans um, that appreciate this more than ever because I'm telling you right now, we have a team that is comprised of both males and females doing this. Um, The graphic design is mostly, you know, being headed by a girl and that would be me. (laughs) So, you know, as a rainbow bright fan, I am telling you right now, any rainbow bright fan, male or female will not be disappointed by what they will see. It is going to be spectacular. Have you seen the coloring book page of shy violet playing an arcade game from one of the vintage coloring books? No, I have not. I'll have to send it to you. It's amazing. Yes. There is, is you need to send it. Several coloring books. There is Shy Violet playing a just generic arcade game with some sprites. So I will make sure to send that your way. No problem. It's cute. Well, you definitely should because, you know, we never know what's going to come up in the future. I mean, ideas, ideas are always appreciated. That could be some good advertising if Hallmark's okay with them using that picture. That would just be adorable. It was actually <laughs> printed on a t-shirt, I want to say by junk food in the yes. early 2000s. I have I have that t-shirt, actually. Wow. Well, I am sure, you know, every, every fan would look at that and just, if you have that connection with something that just pulls, you know, on your little heart. And you're like, man, that makes me go back so many years. And I just, oh man, it just makes you happy on the inside. What, what else do you want? You know, it's, it's, it's the best thing. So I agree 100%. I feel the same way, by the way, I want to make this very clear, you know, about modern things that, you know, today, many girls probably, I don't know, you know, what their taste is like, but as a female, I'm telling you, I adore a lot of action games, and I feel the same way about DC Comics, as an example, (laughs) you know, and my house are pretty divided here, it's like, you know, half Marvel, half DC, (laughs) and we kind of have some epic fights, you know, when movies come out and things of the sort, so it's like, I feel the same way, and whether it's, you know, Rainbow Bright, or, or Superman, I, it's, it's one of those things, you connect with it, and you, you just know your heart's happy, so... Well, before I get to any of these other questions, I just have to ask now, like, what's your own history with Rainbow Bright? Did you grow up watching the cartoon? Ah, uh, yes. And it was one of the best things ever to me. It, I mean, in, in my childhood, the two things I can remember most, actually three, um, I would put Rainbow Bright, um, most definitely um, Care Bears, Um mm-hmm. I would say for sure, you know, later as it developed, a lot of Lisa Frank was, you know, something I connected a lot with. Um, but Rainbow Bright was always, you know, the 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 kindness and, and beauty lesson of, you know, having good friends and saving and being kind. So in in my formative years, that's what I like to call them as a child. Um mm-hmm. 
that was very important. And yes, uh, to this day, my biggest dream is to just have, you know, a big, you know, puffy 80s style, you know, blue jacket with rainbow bright in the back and some rainbows on the sleeve. You know, that's a design <laughs> I've pictured my whole life. And I'm like, oh, man, I love that. I just need to get one of those made, you know. So that's the stuff I think about as an adult when I remember Rainbow Bright. And I still want to be involved and be part of something that awesome. And of course, I want to pass it on. And I want every child and every other adult to remember and be happy, as happy yes. as we are about it. Right. So. Okay, so two things. One, I've seen a picture of you. You are you, you are gorgeous, beautiful, should be a model on top of all the other things you do. But I so want to see you dressed up as Rainbow Bright. If you ever cosplay her, I will just faint. I'm just going to tell you right now, I will pass out. <laughs> well, I thank you for the compliment very, very much. Um, you know what? Funny, I actually thought about this for Halloween this year. <laughs> so it, it's a possibility. It, you know, what best way can we, you know, bring Rainbow Bright to life out there? I mean, obviously, I could never be as amazing as Rainbow Bright, as gorgeous as Rainbow Bright. But I think that it's it's an adorable idea. I would love to do that. Absolutely would. Awesome. I really hope that happens. Just had to put that out there. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, and I did just want to comment real quick, too, on I love the fact that you are marketing this to children as well, because um, some of the things we're getting from Hallmark are definitely throwbacks to the old school fans that kids can also enjoy, of course. But like the Stormy doll, that was definitely for us. And I'm so thankful for Hallmark to do, for doing that, because we've been wanting Stormy for over 30 years and we finally have her. <laughs> um, but the the new generation or the next generation, whatever you want to call it, I see so many pictures on Instagram, Twitter, etc., of people of our generation now having children and introducing their children to Rainbow Bright. So they're buying them these dolls, the books, they're making them Rainbow Bright costumes, and they're dressing up for Halloween and all this. Um, and they're taking like the old vintage bed sheets and making little rompers out of them. And I, I see pictures of a, a kid on a, on a couch watching Rainbow Bright on the TV and it just it makes my heart so warm and happy and fuzzy every time I see something like that. So all the pictures I know are going to be coming down the line of kids holding this arcade game, playing it. I just I can't wait to see it. It's going to be fantastic. So <laughs> I just wanted to thank you guys for giving the kids of today another thing to connect them with Rainbow Bright because um, that's just going to help the the property or the fandom, et cetera, to not fade, fade off and die away. Um, Cause that's like Renee said, that's been our goal ever since we started our websites um, is to keep her memory alive and keep people still interested in that property. Because like you said, it's so much, it's so full of happiness and beauty and wonder and magic. And there's, yeah, it's, it's just perfect. It's practically perfect in every way, if, as Mary Poppins would say. And we <laughs> want everyone to have the opportunity to know who Rainbow Bright is. So thank you for that. We uh, are very pleased and you're so welcome. And that's the goal. You know, as I said, children from zero to 99. That's yes. the, the goal here. And 
yes, it's filled with heart, kindness, beauty, magic, all of the things that we need more of, I think. You know, we can't, yeah. we, we, we can't ever have too much of that in the world we live in today. So what better way to get our children or our people interested in something that is going to connect them in such a beautiful way with not only their childhood, but their children's new let's say awakening to, to, to this, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's an, a new way to, to introduce Ram- rainbow bright, but keeping that element that we all know. Yes. And it's the perfect time to be doing it because so many eighties kids have kids now. And I love all the pictures so much. Like I'm not going to be having kids myself, but I can enjoy it vicariously through all of the other fans out there that do. So that just makes me incredibly happy. Aww. So, Okay, let me... Well, I just wanted to... um, With it being a retro-style mini arcade game, it's also a gateway to not just Rainbow Bright fans, but video game fans, Coleco fans, who probably don't know Rainbow Bright, but still have kids. And Oh, good point. Introduce the character and stuff to them. That is absolutely true. Um, I mean, you know, even the fans back then, you know, mostly the boys that used to play, um, you wouldn't think that they had much of an interest on Rainbow Bright. You know, they were too busy doing other things. They were too busy with, you know, Ninja Turtles and G.I. Joes and things that kept them busy then. But they, uh, some of them have daughters, right, or sons that would love it. We, mm-hmm. we don't know. And, and this is a new chance. It's a brand new chance to get it out there, not just for the, the old school fans. You know, if Hallmark did that for you guys, I mean, we couldn't be happier that that was an actual thing. For the fans, I can only imagine, you know, after so many years, you're craving something so much. And here comes a company that is deciding to just revive that. Um, and, and that's kind of the train we're taking. You know, the direction we're going here is bringing that back to you so not only you can be happy but you can pass it on so you can spread the love basically excellent excellent okay a few more technical questions well not really technical sort of um then we'll get into the fan questions uh will this new arcade mini be the same size and about the same shape as the original ColecoVision mini arcade games from the 80s that is the goal the goal is to produce something nearly identical. Obviously, you know, you can't make the same exact thing. As I explained, you know, parts are very different, but we can go as close to it as possible. Um, and we will try to keep the model as beautiful and as interesting as it's always been. Um, but there might be a little, you know, issue we may run into here and there as far as design on the outer shell goes. Um, we may have to make it a little more... How can I put this aerodynamic in a way? We don't know. Um, I would love to see something identical to the originals, but it's a matter of how can we best produce this to, mm-hmm. to you know, please everyone and still keep the element. So it's something that we're looking into actually very, very soon because we're going into a different phase of production on the actual graphic and the machine itself. So we're jumping into that in the next month or so here. 
Awesome. Because I'm sure, I know there are people out there who collect the originals and would love to add this to their collection um, and have it look similar. So it kind of fits in. So that will be fantastic uh, if it sticks at least close to the original design. Um, I'm excited about seeing how that turns out. That'll be cool to see. That's the goal. Awesome. And I know, at least I, I think I remember, some of the old games had like a switch on it. So there was like an easy mode or an, and a harder mode. Is this one going to have variable difficulty levels? Um, at this point, I am not sure about that. Um, I would have to actually check that with development, but I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I would okay. say if it follows, you know, the, the old school, like we're trying to do, um, it may. It may bring, you know, your hard mode and your normal or easy mode button. But, um, again, you know, you, you have to remember everything is very different hardware-wise. Sure. So we're going to just – I'm not sure about the buttons. Okay. <laughs> I just know there will be a joystick and there will be a button and, you know, pro- definitely an on and off switch, um, <laughs> you know. And all of these things that um, we're still in development and I may be able to give you updates on this, you know, in a little while down the road, we can connect back and, and get the info out there for you guys. Cool. And do you have any idea if, at this point if it's going to be able to retain a high score? At the end of um, you know, when you base it on the old video games and mostly the styles of most 8-bit games, we would hope to keep that as far as the model goes. Um, but again, that's something towards the end of development as far as the game yeah. is concerned. And I would have to like literally sit down and ask the developer if it's even a possibility or how is that going to be integrated? So gotcha. I don't have that info just yet. I just wanted to put my vote out there for if it can be done without too much difficulty, I think it would be cool because then we can all Instagram our scores and try to one up each other. <laughs> I think that that's amazing. So maybe, you know, the competitive thing needs to come out there, that yeah, element. I think that uh, could be fun. <laughs> I'm totally going to write that one down. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and right. do you have any idea yet if it's going to be battery powered or plug-in? Do you have any idea about the power source? Well, I would assume at this point, you know, we're we're, we're trying to keep the retro element, but again, we want to make sure that when you charge something, it will last you long enough to perhaps take a trip with your kids. And whether you want to be playing that on, you know, the passenger seat or your children are going to be playing on the back, we want to make sure that that's accessible. Whether it's battery, like, you know, actual, you know, a couple of double or triple A's or if it's an actual USB connector, we want to make sure there is a good power source. I'm not sure, again, as far as that's concerned. And what we're going to be doing 100% on that. Um, mostly the shell and the product characteristics. Um, we're just now getting into that phase of development. So all the info I have is only a maybe, but rest assured it will be the best we can put out there. Awesome. Okay, let's get into some fan questions. Woo-hoo. Why don't you hit the first one, Renee? Okay, uh, from, oh, how do you pronounce her name? I'm not sure, but my guess would be Bendig, sorry. Bendikoff? B- 
I had this in my head earlier. Biedenkopf, I think. We're sorry, Megan, if we're butchering your name. <laughs> I think it's Biedenkopf. Okay, or Bidenkopf? I don't know. Sounds German. <laughs> what is the approximate <laughs> release date? And where will it be distributed? All right. So the release date at this point, um, we cannot provide you something concrete 100%. I can tell you we are trying our best to go as fast as possible and put something out there in the market. But also we don't want to skip any steps, right? We mm. want to make sure everyone is pleased from game development to the shell of the game to hardware, every single aspect. So um, I would like ideally to see this as a big release towards Christmas or beginning of next year, but I'm not sure if that's going to be possible with our timeline, but uh, you know, it's, we're, we're trying to move as fast as we can. So, um, very soon is what I would say. So, you know, it's not going to be something that is going to be released like, you know, end of 2018 or, you know, spring of 2019. No, it's coming soon. So awesome. Oh, yeah. And what was the other part of her question? Uh, where will it be distributed or where that will is, people be able to buy it? That's correct. Um, we are actually going to try to do a lot of third-party direct customer sales. Um, places such as Amazon.com and things like that um, would be most of the markets. We will try to make it available so it is on a worldwide distribution um, aspect, you know, so anybody can log in and make a purchase anywhere in the world. So awesome. Global. Well, that answers who was it? <laughs> Billy Bright, one of our, one of our Canadian fans. He was wondering if it was going to be available in other countries. So he will be very happy to hear that. And I'm sure everyone else in the world will be as well because <laughs> they've oh, been so frustrated not being able to get the stuff from Hallmark that's only available in the U.S. So, and I'm sure that everybody sits there, you know, begging one another, hey, if I send you money, can you go and get this for me and just exactly, ship it to me? <laughs> exactly. The, the struggle. Time. Yeah, I, I hear you. So, Billy, rest assured, we will do our best so we can have global distribution on this. Um, to you out there, so you, even if it's, you know, just on Amazon or any other place um, that will try, just bear in mind, we have no contract with anybody just yet as far as this, that direct sales distribution uh, is concerned. So when I say this, it's just an example, such as Amazon.com. Um, whatever the market we're going to be distributing this through, um, even if it's just, you know, a .com here for the United States, you anywhere in the world should be able to purchase it and have it shipped to you. So directly without having to, you know, beg your other Rainbow Bright fan partner, helper uh, <laughs> across the globe to send you a machine that's going to cost you four times more because you had to pay shipping and then cost, you know, all of those things. Right. So. Awesome. Um, and kind of along the same lines, fan Rayanne Forrest was curious if you're going to be offering pre-orders. Um, I am not sure about pre-orders just yet, but I am... 100% certain that, you know, when the release comes, it will be widely available. Um, I don't think at this time there is anything as far as, you know, is this a limited edition game or are there only so many being made? Um, no, we plan on making, you know, as much as the demand calls for and have it widely distributed. Um, 
So that's kind of what we're doing here. Excellent. None of this. Only 100 made. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah, we are not going to make this a, you know, epic level novelty item. You know, no, it, it will not be a collectible of that you know, level, no, 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 it will be widely available as just another game, as just another, you know, tabletop that everybody can enjoy. Awesome. Yay, no eBay price gouging. <laughs> no, yeah. no, you you should not see that. <laughs> okay, uh, fan Ashley Berry would like to know, how much do you think it will sell for? Um, At this point, we are trying to keep this between you know, um, high 40s to below $60 for the machine itself. So we're trying to, you know, be right in between whatever it comes out to in the very end. Um, It will be very accessible. Nice. Yeah, because I've seen similar, like, retro-themed new items that they make in... They just they jack up the price like crazy because it's a novelty and they know people will fall for it. So thank you so much for making it accessible to the masses. No, no, no. We we want everyone to have that. I mean, ideally, you know, we would like every home to have one. <laughs> but then yeah. again, in order to make that accessible, you have to just, you know, produce enough pieces and have that price that is accessible to the public. And that's at this point where we're gauging, you know, to be. So cool. Uh, okay. Fan Michael Ron wants to know, will we see scenes of rainbow land in the game? Um, yes, you will. So um, I will give you a little, you know, a little bit more here than I probably should, but <laughs> um, <laughs> more specifically, you're going to be able to see some scenes that will be a lot from the episode of, you know, the beginning of Rainbow Land. So we have to introduce that to the public. Everybody needs to know where Rainbow Bright's coming from, right? And where she's going. So that's kind of what you will see. Awesome. That makes me really happy. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Let's see what else. Uh, Brandy Nicole uh, asks... Uh, when it's downloaded, would it be able to be played on a regular computer? Is this going to be available for download at any time? Um, we do plan on making that available eventually for download. Um, not sure of the specifics just yet, because remember, we're just trying to get through phase one here, finishing the development for mini arcade. Um, we want to make it available eventually for um you know, PCs and every other place where you could possibly download and play it. Um, it would be amazing, I think, and more variety. But, you know, if you are a hardcore fan, you're probably going to want to have the mini arcade and then download the same game in every other place. Yes. So, um, <laughs> you know, I so hear that. So, um, ideally, we will try our best, depending on, you know, the success of the game. So that means go out there, and as soon as it's released, buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it, because we will then be able to provide you with more platforms. Yeah, and if you're awesome. as nutty as 
I guess we are. I'm, I apologize. I don't want to imply, Katie, that you're nutty. But I <laughs> intend on Everybody buying knows I am. more than one version. One to keep in the box and one to play with. And then you have to buy Exactly. Then you That's what we do. You have to compare the graphics between what what it looks like on on like an iPhone versus what it looks like on an iPad versus what not. No, I'm kidding. But uh, but yes, we, we <laughs> love to experience, and we'll be finding the bugs and letting you know about them. <laughs> and, and you know what? We would be happy to hear all about it. Um, we will hope to have a test market where you know all of this is going to be beta tests enough times by some of us people here and when it gets out there to everyone everyone's going to be more than thrilled um of course you know it is as i say um you can't please everyone even if you're a hardcore rainbow bright fan there's always going to be someone that's not fully pleased with the full design or this and that or a little thing here and there and that's completely okay and we understand that. It's just, you know, the the nature of business when you go into something like this. Um, and we're just going to try to please the majority, if not all, um, and hope for the best. And yes, I am so with you there. I know the dilemma of having to buy one to leave in the box and the other one to play and then the other one to give away and then the other <laughs> one to just, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> well, my husband already intends on buying a third one so that he can tear it apart and see how it works inside. <laughs> and that's completely okay. I mean, after you purchase the machine, it's no longer our responsibility to know what happens to it. Um, yeah. we, hope you, we hope you enjoy it, whether it's tinkering it or, you know, I don't know. You, you, oh, you'll have me. fun. <laughs> he will have fun. He loves taking things apart and seeing how they tick. And he... Mm -hmm. He makes microcontrollers himself, so he knows how all that stuff works. And I would just look at it and go, I, I don't know, it's a chip with stuff on it. And he's like, oh, I know what this connector is and what that does. Yeah, he'll, 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 he'll be like a kid in a candy store. We'll, we'll put well, it that way. We're so happy to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last couple of questions here, I think you already kind of answered because you don't know this far ahead yet. So I'll just tell you that uh, Lynn Griffin and Andrew Greenwood expressed interest um, to have the game when it's downloadable to be available to be played on mobile devices such as phones or tablets, um, whether that's with an app or without. Um, and Andrew specifically requested to be able to play it on Facebook, like one of the Facebook games. So I don't know if any of those are on your radar, but I just wanted to at least put that out there that some fans have already asked for it. Um, so you can put that on the back burner for when it gets to that point to see if that's doable. I will definitely make sure to pass that on. Um, you guys, um, just, you know, at this point, as far as Facebook goes, we have no contract with, you know, Facebook directly. Um, we haven't even, I think, discussed it as far as the model, you know, goes of, you know, actually sourcing this to another, you know, third party. Um, so no plans as of yet, but nothing is impossible. So if you, yeah. if you can learn something, you know, from, from Rainbow Bright <laughs> all together, <laughs> you know, it, it's possible and it's, we don't know if it happens, you guys will be the first to know, but we will make sure we'll try our very best first and foremost, not to disappoint you with what is going to come out in the mini arcade. And then whatever comes out from the mini arcade into other markets and other platforms, um, 
should be just as well developed and we will carefully do it. Excellent. That's what I figured you would say. Are there any (laughs) additional questions that have come up in your head? Katie? Um, Well, I had a couple of final questions, but I wanted to say some nice things about Coleco first, if that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That is totally okay. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to reiterate that we, as the fandom, uh, feel very honored that the first Coleco-developed game in over two decades will be a Rainbow Bright game. Um, It's great that you're making a new game at all, and the fact that the first one that you're making is Rainbow Bright just makes it that that much more special to us. Um, So we are beyond thrilled that she's finally getting a proper video game 35 years after her inception. Um, Because I think like Renee was alluding to earlier, the closest things we've ever gotten were a glorified digital coloring book for the Commodore 64 way back in the day, (laughs) which you can't, that's not a game. That's just picking a color and click it on something to color it. That's not a game. And then there are like on the Star Stealer DVD, there were these lame games you can play with the TV controller. And they're on a couple of the websites, they had these little flash games that were just ripoffs of other games. So we've, yeah, this has been a long time coming to have for Rainbow Bright to have her own actual adventure game. So we're just, we're honored. We're thrilled. We thank you so very much. Um, we can't tell you how how thankful we are. So that was the first thing I wanted to say. Um, and just wanted to shout out to the programmers that we know are working on this. And I hope I do not butcher any names. Uh, Robert, is it DiCrescenzo? I am pretty sure it would be DiCrescenzo, but okay. that sounds very Italian to me. <laughs> gotcha. Well, But Robert, I could be butchering it too, but it's Robert to me. So <laughs> Okay, so Robert D., we're, we're shouting out to you. Um, is it Ilya Wilson? Um, yes, I think okay. it is too. See, all we all have complicated names. Yeah, except for it's, the last it, one. <laughs> it, right, it must be a thing. <laughs> it is. And then Bobby Clark. I don't think there I can mispronounce that one. Um, we just want to thank you guys for bringing this game to life. Um, and apart from those programmers, we want to thank everyone else involved in making this product a reality, including yourself, Jaina. Um, cause yeah, we are, you give us warm fuzzies already and it's not even like a physical thing yet. <laughs> we know it's coming. Um, but just the pictures, the video, the exposition, you know, the, the details that you've been providing online have already made us super thrilled and happy and given us something to look forward to. Well, we are super, so very welcome. Um, we, we got to say, you know, the reason why it's being done, it, it is because there are fans out there like yourself and, you know, many others that are still to find and, and discover Rainbow Bright. So we wouldn't have it any other way. We are thankful for the support and we are going to count on you guys to let us know every single thing, how you like it, how you don't like it, if there is any dislikes. Um and we just want to be connected to the fan base and mostly, you know, with all of the Coleco fan base. That's what we want to do, not disappoint and bring something that is innovative out there. And we are so very happy and so very glad that we can do this for everybody. Awesome. Oh, I can't wait to get this in my hands. Okay. Um, me, me, me too. Let me tell you. Yeah, me I'm too. sure. <laughs> 
Well, since um, there is going to be the Coleco Expo convention this August, I was curious, um, can Rainbow Bright fans expect to see anything at the convention that has not been mentioned so far? Are there going to be any big reveals or anything there? Um, we are trying to have some big news that would be, you know, possibly released at the expo only. Um, and that would be really, really amazing. Um, and I'm sure, you know, who knows, maybe by then we will have an idea of what a model for the mini arcade will look like. We don't know. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are the little things that are not so that are little to us right now in the steps of, you know, creating this but will be huge for, for the fan base. And oh. we, ex- we expect to have a lot more news by August, that's for sure. And for any fans out there, please come out and see us. We would love to meet you guys. And, you know, if you are just a huge, hardcore Rainbow Bright fan, um, I'm sure we're going to have a couple of banners, you know, all over the expo. And we would love to meet everybody and to just, you know, make sure that we talk to you guys and get a little more of what you look forward to. And Jaina was also kind enough to give you guys a special discount code for podcast listeners only. So if you are going to the Coleco Expo and buy your tickets online, if you enter the code PODCAST25, you will get 25% off of your tickets. Well, Renee, do you want to take this time to tell her you're going to be there? <laughs> yes, I already bought my tickets. Uh, I got my 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 pass, and I got my uh, plane ticket and everything already paid for. Um, I'm gonna be there. I'm, I'm gonna be there at least on Saturday because um, I have work on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but who needs to go to work, right? I mean, when the Coleco <laughs> Expo is going on on Saturday, I mean, come on, you wanna you wanna make sure to be there both I, well, days. I, I, you I, was know. Com- I was coming in on Friday, but there's not really, nothing happening on Friday, so. I'm going to be there a day early for nothing. <laughs> you know, I, I, if you want, we can try and write you an, a note for your work. You know, <laughs> sorry, Renee couldn't show up. She had to, you know, be present at the Coleco she Expo. Star sprinkle pox. There, yeah. uh, yes, there were lots and lots of Rainbow Bright news she needed to hear. Yeah, They were you know, imperative for her survival. So you guys, I'm sorry she couldn't make it. <laughs> we'll do that for you, Renee. Aw. They got your back. Aww. <laughs> we do. That's really nice. I don't know if I could change my flight, though. <laughs> I could have a really good price. <laughs> you should be able to. I mean, just tell them. You know, Coleco's going to write them a note if they need to. <laughs> Well, I already know at least one other fan that's going to be there, and I just talked to another that's um, a maybe. She's really excited and wants to go, so I'm hoping she'll make it as well. Um, I'm probably a no, but I, I'm i not going to rule it out yet. Uh, I've just got a lot going on this year, and I'm like, can I fit in another trip? I don't know if my body can handle it. But yes, I would. yes, you can. <laughs> if at all I- possible. I believe you can. I believe in you, Katie. You can make it to the Coleco Expo. <laughs> I want to really bad. If not, I have, you know, I've, I've already volunteered to be her little liaison for Brightcast uh, to represent yes. and grab goodies. <laughs> 
Yeah, Renee will be getting all the pictures and video and interviews, and she will do a fantastic job, even if I cannot be there. I don't know if that's really going to work, because every year that I go to a convention or any meet with you, I bring my recorder and never use it the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just text you every 10 minutes. Renee, did you use it yet? (laughs) Renee, did you use it yet? Okay. You are welcome to do whatever you want. As soon as you step into the convention center, there will be so much to be done. Um, lots and lots of people, um, vendors of all kinds, artists, as you guys may have seen on the website. Um, we're still putting, you know, adding guests to the website as we go here. Um, it will be just really, really awesome. And we're really trying to get the one and only Rainbow Bright to show up. So I'm not going to guarantee it just yet, but we're really, really trying. So, you know, if Rainbow Bright's not busy. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you got to come, Katie. (laughs) There's no excuse. Oh, I'll be kicking myself if I don't. So we'll see. I I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I am curious. Was there anything else? Oh, go ahead, Renee. I'm oh, sorry. I was curious about one thing regarding the mini console. Is I'm smelling sequel because if you're just going off the beginning of Rainbow Land, you can't stop there. <laughs> that's 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 a very very good thought. And at this point, I was I'll say this. It will depend on the success of the first one. So, you know, who knows? It may be a series. Who knows? It, it may be, you know, a, a, a trilogy. We, we don't know where this could go, but we will. I, you know, I, I hate to be, you know, kind of like, um, what's her name? The writer of Gilmore Girls. You know, ne- she will never say never. You know, and 10 years later, something else comes out. So we'll not make you wait that long if something were to actually happen. But I will not say that it's not possible. It's very possible. And if the first one, you know, breaks all the records we were expecting, then why not? Right? That's that's when, you know, we're talking about us going to conventions. Coleco needs to go to E3 and more conventions and (laughs) well guess what Renee next year we actually are gearing up to be present at E3 so we're we're you know looking at our options here and we would love to be present so and I I already volunteered to be the representative so (laughs) you know (laughs) so uh, we are really really looking you know into this and we are very 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 sure that we will have some presence out there next year. So awesome. I mean, actually, as a matter of fact, um, I think our official Twitter account has just tweeted something about it a couple of days ago, right after E3. Um, Of course, you know, as game developers, artists, and working in the gaming and toy industry, we sit through and we watch every single conference and we watch every single release. Um, so, you know, I know for a fact I have no life when E3 comes on and I have to make sure that I watch everything live. I, I don't I don't settle for watching it later. It has to be as it happens. Nice. So, um, you know, for us people, yes, we would love to be there and we're really looking into it. 
Awesome. Well, you hear, heard it here first, fans. you got to buy this so that we can have more of them. Because yes. if we don't For get more of them, I'm going to blame you. <laughs> exactly. You will only have yourself to blame, people. That's so right. <laughs> make sure this one is a success. And even, you know, worst case, if um, we only get the one arcade game, maybe downloadable games in the future, you could have different quests or, you know, add on to them or something. Um, but I would love to have a whole series of the little arcade games because I have a massive collection and they would fit in so well. <laughs> oh, I, I, I hear you. And remember, we hear you and we see you. So we will make sure to take notes. Awesome. Well, fans, if you would like to find Jaina and ColecoVision on the web so that you can keep up to date on all of this, uh, you should bookmark these. So we've got Coleco.com. That is C-O-L-E-C-O.com. And they have some, They just you just revamped the site, right? It looks fantastic. It does. And actually, as a matter of fact, right now we are working to revamp the Expo website too. So pretty soon here in a couple of days, you should have some more news and, you know, a new and improved Expo website to go along with the official Coleco website. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, Coleco Expo site is just ColecoExpo.com. Easy to remember. And that convention is taking place August 5th through the 6th in Edison, New Jersey. So if you can get there, do it. Or be square. Um, on Twitter, you can follow Coleco at ColecoVision, all one word, and then underscore at the end. And Jaina is also on Twitter herself. It's at Jaina, and that's spelled J-A-I-N-A, Striker, S-T-R-I-K-E-R, and that's all one word. And then Coleco is also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ColecoToys, all one word. So there's all the places that you can stalk them and ask questions and show your enthusiasm and all the things that will help this project um, get done. Absolutely. Come ask me questions. Come talk to me. Come tell me what you want as far as a Rainbow Bright game. Come, come give us ideas. We love the interaction. We love talking to fans. Um, that's what we live for, guys. So come find us. We will be happy to take care of you online anywhere you come find us. Awesome. And just another reminder, if you're going to be attending the Coleco Expo, be sure to buy your tickets online and use that podcast 25 discount code to get 25% off of your tickets. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us about this. Um, we've been chomping at the bit, you know, ever since we heard this was coming to get some more details. So this is just the icing on the cake. I'm going to go to bed and have happy dreams now. <laughs> so thanks again for your time. You are so welcome. And it was a pleasure to be here with you guys today. Um, again, you know, we are very, very happy that the enthusiasm is out there and we couldn't be happier to hear. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for spending such a great time. And we look forward to talking to you guys very soon, maybe with more news. Yes. Awesome. Well, would you like to join us in our typical exit from the show where we say have a rainbow day? Absolutely. How could we not? <laughs> Have, Have a rainbow, rainbow day. day.
be back. Don't go away.